Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Joining us now, our Red Sox and Bruins insider over at Nesson. It's our friend Tom Karen. TC, I know it's your birthday, so happy birthday. I also know that you're golfing. Um, where are you golfing in this godforsaken New England weather? Well, it's a little chilly. Uh, we're playing down here in Hopkinton, uh, Hopkinton Country Club. Uh, the sun's out, and the days uh, to get out of the course are just about over. So uh, t- tomorrow's going to be 65 degrees down here. So today I'm going to gut it out to get ready for a good round tomorrow. Okay. Well, good. We're glad to hear that. And uh, you were in Vermont last week. One of these days you'll ask us to hang out when you come to town. You know, and I did listen to the station a little bit driving home, so that was nice. Uh, yeah, we were up there celebrating uh, my son's engagement. Very exciting. Got to do all kinds of neat stuff uh, in and around Burlington, so always great to get back. Oh, well, congratulations to your son. That's awesome. We're happy for him and uh, happy for you as well. Uh, I actually want to start with hockey today. Um, should I be irritated that the rumors are out that John Henry is looking to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins. Should I be irritated the owner of the Red Sox is buying a team outside of Boston, one specifically that rivals with Boston's hockey team? See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you should not be, but I'm going to say that you will be. Yes. I mean, that, that, that's where we are. I, listen, I mean, they made it clear when they took in the, the additional investment, Redbird Capital and, and LeBron James, all the investments they made, in the last year was so that this this group, uh, the Fenway Sports Group, which is what it is now, can go out and add to its global portfolio of, of sports teams. And if, if you think they're not going to look at NHL teams because the Bruins aren't for sale, or if they're not going to look at NBA teams because the Celtics aren't for sale, or NFL teams because the Patriots aren't for sale, then you're not paying attention. This is what they want to do. They've, they've had success, obviously, with the Red Sox and Liverpool, and it's now RFK Racing or, or RFR Racing, but the NASCAR team, uh, which they just rebranded, uh, you know, they're going to do this. So there's a pretty good chance they're going to own teams outside of the market. I think it's why, and I don't know this, I have no inside information, but I think it's why you hear less from John Henry and Tom Warner about the team than you hear from Sam Kennedy. They're letting each team run itself independently. Uh, Sam Kennedy, High and Bloom run the Red Sox. Jurgen Klopp runs the Liverpool, uh, and and you know so it makes sense to me, and it doesn't bother me. But as a fan, uh, are you going to be happy when the Penguins come in and beat the Bruins? Uh, no, you're going to be upset. But but this is what happened when they brought LeBron James in. Celtics fans are upset about that. So this is the way it is now. Does this impact the Red Sox at all financially in any way? No, and everybody said that with Liverpool. Oh, they're going to spend all their money on soccer. They don't care about this. The Red Sox have still had one of the highest payrolls. They've won two World Series since they bought Liverpool. They were two wins away from the World Series this year. Uh, I know these guys. They are driven to win. Uh, the same uh, competitive fire that, that makes them want to be uh, one of the biggest global uh, brands on earth. Uh, is the same competitive drive that wants them to win every uh, field they play in. So, no, this won't divert any resources from the Red Sox. They would run the Penguins as its own entity. How about the Bees on the ice right now? Fifth in the Atlantic Division. They take on the Flyers on Saturday as they continue to be on this, like, once-a-week game schedule. Uh, it is the worst schedule I've ever seen. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and they had a really good weekend. I, I thought they you know, beat a couple teams you should beat, okay? I mean, you got to beat the Devils and the Canadians the way those teams are playing. But they haven't always done that. We know they couldn't beat the Devils last year. 
Uh, and, and I, I thought McAvoy had a breakthrough weekend, uh, contributing offensively, but also really stepping up the physical play. Jeremy Swayman playing back-to-back games and playing really well. Charlie Coyle uh, really adding some secondary scoring beyond that first line. And the first line off to one of its best starts ever, which is amazing when you think about uh, what that first line is. But you get all that momentum by the end of the game Sunday night against the Canadians, and now you sit around for five days. I, it's absolutely asinine. Uh, I don't know how they've uh, they, they've put together. It's almost like watching UBM. You know, you play Friday, Saturday, yeah. then you wait for a week to play your next crowd. So I I feel good about them right now, but yeah, yeah so much and time goes by, and, and then if you play a good team, who knows where you're at. We saw that a couple weeks ago in Toronto. You know, you get back out there and the, the Maple Leafs uh, dictate the, the the pace of play from the first minute of the game. So, I you know, it's not going to be an easy season. There's going to be ups and downs. Uh, but I saw a lot of good things over that weekend, including that third period against the Canadians, which was just, first of all, I mean, it's 600-something days since they played yeah. the Canadians, which is crazy. Uh, and, and the first period, you kind of felt like, oh, the, the rivalry's over. There's no more fire. By the third period, the place was rocking. Everybody's hitting each other. I, I thought the rivalry was that. Tom Karen, Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show as he is every Wednesday here on WDEV. Let's move over to the Red Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez, five years, $77 million with the Tigers. Would you have done that deal if you were the Red Sox? No, not the years. It's the years that worries me. And, and by the way, tip of the cap to you, you called that last week, said the market's going to be robust for him. I didn't think it would be this <laughs> robust. Clearly the Red Sox didn't either. Uh, you know, I, they wanted him back. The fact that they made that qualifying offer, which is more money than he will make in any one of the years of this contract, but it was only one year. My guess is they probably would have gone another year or two. Yeah, Erod's a tough guy because I was talking to some Red Sox people last night, and you know, the, the, the comp I keep going back to in a strange way is Daisuke Matsuzaka. Hmm. When you go back to Daisuke and you look at his numbers, you go, my God, he was a pretty good pitcher here. But, man, I hated to watch him pitch. And, and I'm not saying I hated to watch Eduardo Rodriguez pitch, but it was frustrating because the numbers were able to bear out that he was a really good pitcher, and that's what the Tigers are investing in. But, but you know when you watched him that it was not consistent, uh, you know, uh, the harnessing of that talent. He, he would nibble. He, he kept falling into to tells and tipping pitches. That's something that's been with him forever. Uh, and in the end, the guy who has the stuff and potential to be a top-of-the-rotation guy has been a middle-of-the-rotation guy, and that's too much and for too long for a middle-of-the-rotation guy. I really liked Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he was the better guy in that clubhouse, and I think his durability is able to pitch. I mean, he still has made the most starts of anyone on this team since the start of 2019, and he didn't throw a pitch in 2020, which is crazy when you think about that. But a couple of 30-start seasons in there, uh, a guy who took the ball, pitched well. I just, I, I, you know, it's not, that's not top of the rotation money, but that's a good chunk for a team that already has so much invested in sale and in Evaldi. And they believe they have options now with, with Whitlock and Pavetta and Hauk. And, and I'm guessing they'll still add to this rotation before it's over. Yeah, they've got six in-house options, right? Sale, Evaldi, Pavetta, Hauk, Whitlock, and Seabold. Those are kind of the six in-house options they have. So they don't need 100 guys. But 
the guy I want and the guy we talked about now with Erod gone is Carlos Rodon. This is the guy that I want. He's going to pitch this year at 29 years old. He strikes out everyone. I understand there are questions about his health and durability, so maybe it's not a long-term deal. This is the guy I want, but how much money would it take? Because if Noah Syndergaard can get $21 million, how much money does Rodon get? Well, that's the thing, right? I've seen projections $25, 27000000 million for one year. And one thing I've, I've learned from the Red Sox watching them over the years is they will overpay on shorter-term deals. And I think Heim Bloom still subscribes to that as well. Now, I do think, and we saw it, I think it was Kluber last year, you know, there was talk today that they were heavily engaged in, in Syndergaard. Uh, my guess is, looking at what Syndergaard went for, that they would have been able to match that. But my guess is the Red Sox wanted to go two years or an option. You know, much like Garrett Richards last year, remember, one of the deals they went for him was that they had the second-year option on him. And and I think they like a guy coming back from injury. If we're going to go through the ups and downs of the return season, I want control over next year. I think Rodon falls into that as well. So, I, you know, $25 million and a club option for a second year, I bet that gets it done, and I think that would work for the Red Sox. I would do that. Red Sox also reportedly interested in Javier Baez in the free agent market. Um, I, I, I'm not interested in Baez. I know he had a better second half of the year with the Mets, but he strikes out way too much. I get he's great defensively. You can put him at second. He can play there. There's a lot of appealing things, but I'm not interested in Baez. Where do you stand? Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I understand why they're doing it. They're look, you know, He's been engaged in the shortstop market, Boom has. Uh, they're concerned, obviously, that there's a chance they lose Bogarts after next season. We've got the opt-out. And, and you know, we all know that Bogarts' range, especially to his left, uh, is not elite. He's a, he's a good defender. He's a, he's a, he has made himself into a good major league shortstop. But the range is still an issue. And with Devers over to the side, you're always a little concerned about the defense there. Baez would help that, but I'm with you. The strikeouts are, are staggering. Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy who's gonna 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 hit and gonna drive in some runs and hit some home runs. Uh, but he's gonna, you know, it's the modern age. He's gonna strike out a lot, and and he'll have some good seasons in there. But but I bet he'll have some some absolutely horrendous on base percentages in there as well. Uh, and that was a head scratcher to me when I when I first started hearing about that. Uh, again, I get the defense. I just don't. Uh, you know, I think back Jose Iglesias would be a heck of a lot cheaper than that, and we saw Iglesias with the pop. Uh, I, I assume they're a little concerned about Arroyo's durability. That's been an issue for him his entire career. I like Arroyo, uh, but I don't know that you can depend on him to be an everyday second baseman right now until he proves he can stay healthy. So I think these guys they're looking at are guys you can maybe play second base with an eye to moving over to shortstop should they lose Bogart. I But I'm with you. The Baez uh, approach to the place scares me. You know, it would be the same concern for Semyon or Correa as it would with Baez in this regard. But do you ever get worried about lineup balance? Because if you bring in any of these guys, the lineup continues to be incredibly right-handed heavy. Or do you not look at it that way? Because, hey, Martinez is going to be gone after next year, and Bogarts might be gone, and then it may not matter. I don't pass on really good free agents because they're right-handed or left-handed, but I do worry about it. And Cora will worry about it when he puts together his lineup on a nightly basis. Uh, but, you know, it's like, it's like teams in all sports say after the draft, right? We get the best available guy. Uh, you, if you get a guy who can help your lineup, uh, you, you still got to go get him. And I, I don't think you, you just target a, a left-handed guy. Uh, the, the names you just listed, all of them would, would be impact bats in this lineup. 
uh, except maybe Baez, uh, certainly not the same degree as the other guys. But I, uh, I, I just think you got to go get that. You can worry about the left-handed, right-handed part later. TC, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only person to ever tell you this, but when can we get Nesson back on YouTube TV? Because I wanted to watch the uh, Travis Roy documentary last weekend, and now I'm just waiting to find it on actual YouTube. Yeah, and you know, listen, I, I can't comment on those things. I have nothing to do with any of them. It's so far above my pay grade. Uh, it is, uh, you know, but I, I will say this. We're not the only ones not on YouTube. They pulled the plug on a lot of yes. sports networks. So, uh, I, you know, I, I can only say I, I wish we were there because I have friends who have YouTube. I know I have friends who, uh, who, who left YouTube TV and found other providers. Uh, I stream and I get Nesson on, on my streamer. So, you know, uh, there's other options out there. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I'll send you a link. <laughs> pass it around. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks very much, CC. Happy birthday. Good luck on the uh, back nine somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it.